great future. We're talking real money. Oh my gosh, I'm so I'm so relieved. I'm so relieved. Hi everybody, welcome to the show. I'm Don, uh, and I'm so relieved because Tom is actually here. Uh, we found him wandering the neighborhood, and somebody kindly pointed him to the building in which the studio resides, and pushed him through the front door, and uh, he managed that's to get up the so stairs. That's so close to being true. I mean, that's <laughs> so actually, that's pretty much the way it was. Yeah. He didn't work, yeah. knocking didn't work, hanging calling out. people doesn't work, threatening people, emailing, I'm sending, yeah. I'm calling all these people, like, sorry, no, people it's are, Saturday. People are screaming out their car windows, get off the street, you crazy person! <laughs> so thankfully, this gentleman showed up, I guess, poor soul like me, to work on a Saturday and said, you gotta get in there? I said, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll let you in. Yeah. Okay. Thank yeah. you. Because Tom's message. key didn't work right in the fancy. <laughs> There's a message there. 19, a message, 1910 electronic lock on the building. Uh, and I, no, no, no. I told him, you know, 1960. Come I on. said, I said, yeah, you've got just a key lock to get in. I said, I've got oh, thumbprint yeah. identification on my house. Get with it. Yeah. Get with the time. It's not my building. It's not my building. Not my building. Not mine either. Hi, everybody. Don here. Tom there. He is here. This is the Talking Real Money radio program and then soon to be podcast. It's a it's an all-purpose extravaganza devoted to the most important of all human topics, the creation of the wealth you need to buy the things you want and the things you need and keeping it and keeping it. And therein lies the tricky part. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about building wealth. We're going to talk about the stupidity that is the uh, that 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 is the world of money sometimes. And and we are going to talk about the greatest animal battle of all time just just completed. And ladies and gentlemen. Finally, after the longest stretch since 1948, after the bell, the bull emerges victorious. Ding, 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 ding. Is it a bull or a cow? <laughs> I got to ask. Is it, it looks like a bull. Just it's... plain bull. Well. Okay. <laughs> smells like a bull, walks like a bull. Depends on the uh, source of the information, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> All right, enough silliness. We're talking, of course, about the, and you should be so happy to hear this, yeah, the yeah. new bull market. That means stocks. This is the S&P 500, by the way. The S&P 500 has now gone up more than 20% from its previous low, which was last October. And as Don said, this is the longest Hard to believe. Bear. Yeah, is since, it? Well, uh, I guess in terms of length, I mean, back. think about 08. 08 was right. Bad, but it was quick. Much deeper. Yeah, much deeper. Uh, but, yeah. you know, it's funny because 01, uh, that one lasted kind of a while, it felt like. But, you know, I don't. But it must not be the 20%. Yeah. So mm. congratulations yeah. So are in order. Want the really... Congratulations yeah. are in order for it. all of you. Congratulations. I mean, look at you. Look at what you did. Those of you who didn't panic and sell and sit in cash right now. Those of you who are regretting panic and panicking and selling and sitting in cash for the past few months. Look how you did. You made it. I'm so proud of all of you. And so, Tom, let's share some of those numbers that we really don't care about. 
Uh, no more cock and bull stories. Yeah, let's get to the facts here. Um, Ooh, Tom Cock in the bull market. The oh, wow, cock and bull story. Ninety-two <laughs> percent of the. T- I'm trying to give you the good news here. Ninety-two yeah. percent of the time, the Standard and Poor's rises when a new bull market begins in the next twelve months. Let me say that again. Nine out of ten times. So if you're a market timer, or you're just looking for a reason to be back in stocks, wow. Now here, well, we'll go. We'll no, no, you, you got a second. Facts. Go ahead. Give me <laughs> one more. Give me one more. I got time. Here's one more. It it won't be a linear rise. Oh, you mean it's going to be bumpy? It's not going to go straight. Yeah, up. yeah. It yeah. it can be a bumpy ride. Eight five five nine three five. Talk is our number. Call. Tom and Don are talking real money. Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money. Hey, everybody. I'm Don McDonald. Over there is Tom Rooster. Tom Cock, I'm sorry. Um, No cock and bull stories today. Oh, yeah. Today we're talking bull. We are. We're talking bull. Usually it's the no bull show, but this is all bull all the time, at least in this hour. Well, some bull. Not all bull all the time. 855-935-TALK is our phone number, 855-935-8255. And if there's one thing we know about the market, whether it's a bull or a bear market, it's the fact that it never moves in a straight line. <laughs> if it did, then there, there you wouldn't make what 10 percent a year in the past right you wouldn't have made 10 percent because there's no risk to that right you got to have the ups and the downs so yeah and then and then this here's my favorite one don i read this uh last night uh from a very well-known analyst he says says. that the next 12 month returns will be dependent on many factors those include interest rates yeah corporate earnings and economic growth Hmm, what a surprise you mean it's it, the, okay, what the market does depends on what the market, does, what sure the market does. Huh. <laughs> yeah, it, the, it, the, interest rates, corporate earnings, and economic growth. Yeah. 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 Well, <laughs> sure, glad he shared that with know. us because I would I would not have known that stuff yeah, without that exactly. without that. But this this that is deep, man. This bull <laughs> is deep, <laughs> and that's what um, it is. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> excuse me. Something interesting from Morningstar though about the 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 makeup of this bull market because the bull market really has existed now in mostly in 2023 the first half of 2020 we're almost done with the first half of 2023 and historically historically on average the this is um uh large to mid cap stocks the bulk of the 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 market large to mid cap US stocks on average in terms of value yeah. in terms of the Right, in How terms much? of these yeah. are the these are the biggest companies. These aren't the little ones. Yep. On average, five percent of the market's return can be attributed to the ten largest companies in the, the stock market. Does that make sense? So a small percentage of the growth comes from the biggest companies. Right. Has come right. Has, has. In yeah. twenty twenty, that yeah, rose to thirty seven percent of the return of the market attributable to the 10 largest stocks in 2023. And you know which ones those were. Oh, I can tell you. Yeah. In 2023, yeah. those 10 stocks, which include Apple, now NVIDIA, Microsoft, Google, Amazon, the, the, the Tesla, Meta, 
Uh, mm-hmm. So far, yep. those 10 stocks, just those 10 stocks, heavily weighted, much? heavily weighted toward technology, heavily weighted toward technology. They account for 97% of this year's return. 90. So it's been a what we call narrow rally. No kidding. The narrowest in history. So does that make you nervous? Does that make, no, does that make you No, what it there's a lesson in there because we're now talking about an index that it is made up of thousands of companies. This is not the S&P. When you throw all the oh. large and all the mids in there, you're you're talking a few thousand, a couple thousand companies, 1500, 2000. What I think it's 2000. So you're talking a couple thousand companies. And when all of the return is attributable to 10 stocks, what are the odds that going forward, it'll be, one, the same 10 stocks, and two, whatever stocks it ends up being, that you're going to be in them, unless you're in all of them. Ah, this gets back to the lesson. Thank you, Professor. Diversification, buying things that may be out of favor, not just the things that have done well, and... Not chasing the hot investments, which today have been technology and certainly artificial intelligence. That has been the growth part of the market. So thank you. I mean, the only really it's funny, the only ones that aren't true technology stocks, there are only three. There are really only three. And that's Visa, United Healthcare, and Berkshire Hathaway B. Yeah. Those are the rest just, of them. Yeah, you have yeah. to say they're tech. I love how they they also throw, you know, um, like Amazon into the AI mix. Well, I don't think it's in the AI, but I do think it's in tech because they Amazon it is. Amazon yeah. is is all, is almost all tech. I mean, really, Amazon has got this down to where they don't have they don't even it's inventory's not their big game anymore. They're using other people's inventory. They're just making profits yep. on anybody selling anything to anybody anywhere anytime. That's a lot of innies. Um, so that this just points out the fact that you can't would you can go back and say in hindsight in hindsight oh gosh okay speaking of hindsight who's the who's yeah. the queen of hindsight in my family you know her I believe you know her you love her Debbie she told me yeah. yesterday to. she goes I remember yeah. ten years ago I was looking at buying Nvidia. I went you oh di- yeah oh sure. no she, she goes we would have been so rich. <laughs> And I said, you you were not looking at NVIDIA. And, of course, she blames me all the time. She blames me. She had Apple when Steve Jobs yeah, was alive. I remember the Apple story. She had course, Apple yeah, when Steve yeah. was alive. And I said, oh, my God, he died. This can't be good for Apple. I'm not a market timer. But I said, if I I would not, because this was when I believed in broad diversification. She did not. Yeah. Um, no. And she sold it. I don't know that she, she still it. does. I don't. I don't know. But she sold it. You know, this is the problem. You cannot control and she spouses. You. you uh, she's mad at. She is still mad at me about that. She's still. Let's go, bring you, her on. Let's find out what you else. made me sell Apple. <laughs> she doesn't sound like that. She has a much higher voice than that. Much. You made me sell it. Look at how rich we would have been. Oh, oh, please, we can't. I just okay, yeah. And what help would you, me out what here? What would you be doing different? Well, okay, number one, what would you be doing differently if you were rich? Yeah, you know, not much. Yeah, see, that's not the thing. Much. Like, not really. Not really, because no, no. I keep doing I, because my job, if I was I like if it. I was rich, I still wouldn't think 
that a lay flat seat for eight hours in the front of the plane is worth ten thousand dollars. I uh, uh, I still well, would not now, think that. Hmm. I got to come clean on that one, but okay, yeah, that was a fourteen and a half hour okay. flight. So fourteen and a half. I'm starting to see the benefit, yeah, but at eight, yeah. I can. You know, I can crank back yeah, the premium economy out. seat, which was mm-hmm. a fraction of that. Wait, uh, you can lower, you can drop the seat back? No, it just goes backward, like in recline position. Not much. I don't think you can do that anymore. Yes, you can. That's poor etiquette. I think I they don't say care. not to ever do that. No, on a no, plane. no, no, no. It's not true. I, oh, you're one of those guys. I'm one of those people. I okay. put, but I look back to see if somebody's got their <laughs> laptop open or something. I see. I'm right, one okay. of those guys. <laughs> That is part of the deal, unless you're on Spirit, where they don't go back, or Allegiant, where they're like sitting in a canvas sling. <laughs> you're lucky next. enough just to get that's, on. No, there was a piece of the next. You know what's going to be like that said the etiquette says don't do that anymore. So I soon planes are going to be like the holds of the British warships, just, yeah. where they're just going to hang yeah, you in the, hammocks yeah. at various levels and. Sir, your time is up. You got to go walk around for six hours now. Oh, okay, eight five five nine three five. Talk. We have drifted off the subject, but the subject is money, and your calls are always invited to get us back on track and to get us back in the process of truly helping you. Because we don't know what to do unless you call us. Tom and Don are talking real money. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. Hello and welcome back to the show where we try to help you manage your dough better than before. 855-935-TALK is our phone number. I'm Don. That's Tom. You can call us. We love to help you out. 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. Now, I am a big fan of boring investing. I just love boring investing because there was a time when I did, you know, try more dangerous things, I tried things like options and even buying and trying to flip real estate for a little while. That made me a couple of bucks, but it turns out it was really hard work. <laughs> I mean, there's like work involved. But, uh, you know, some people have these little side gigs where they make big bucks. And, and Tom has started a new one uh, where he's making uh, these huge, huge profits on, uh, on, on an investment. What was the profit you made on your latest investment there, Tom? It wasn't me. I got to be clear on this because you mentioned your spouse. I got to mention mine here. It was This was her idea. She's tried this before, I got to say, where she buys more tickets to a hot entertainment event and then tries to sell them later at wait, a higher Wait, wait, hold on. Hold, hold on. Before you implicate yourself in a uh, as an accessory to a possible crime, uh, how does Washington feel about Ticket scalping. <laughs> I don't know. Is it illegal? I, I just want to. I always want to protect you guys, just in case. Probably because that's yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, if they come knocking, I'm out. I got a swamp behind me. I'm, in fact, I'm just looking. Right they they call uh, it no, the no, Taylor no. Swift <laughs> Consumer Protection Act in yeah. Washington State. There's, there are people that the Taylor fans are really mad at people like my wife who did this kind of thing, but she did, <laughs> and. Uh, Oh, no, they are. Now, they're they're running around the think country. Think about it. Now you're going to ruin our ratings mad. on on Apple Podcasts because we got slammed. If we even say anything political, now we're going to get slammed by the Taylor Swift mm. people. But it wasn't me. It was her. <laughs> it wasn't call, me. Get, want me to give her a number out? They can call her. Uh, <laughs> I'm so just how much raising did, it as How an much example. did your family make? She she invested 
I think it was $812 for two tickets at Lumen Field. Well, she actually bought four, two of which she always intended to keep so that she and my daughter can go see the concert. The other two she put up for sale a while back. She had to lower the price once, but she netted out almost $2,000 after all the fees, after all the stuff on an $800 investment. That's better than NVIDIA, isn't it? Which is far better. Yeah, I think it's pretty close. It's better than the individual REIT I own. It's well, better anything's than gonna my be better than the REIT portfolio you own. that's up about four percent, four percent year to date. So, seems so to go. Our, who cares about that when I can make the big money? So yeah, you know, I have to say, my daughter did the same thing unintentionally in in New York. She bought two tickets to a Jonas Brothers concert from somebody and then she the friend didn't go so she resold the Jonas Brothers ticket went to see the concert basically for free and walked away with some money in her pocket so yeah i, I didn't i and i had never so thought of that as go. an investment strategy but look at that we have a unique investment strategy shared with you on talking real money <laughs> Tickets. <laughs> and if you're with the authorities, call me. I will give you her number. Take it up with her. <laughs> Wait, I profited from that exchange. That's bad. Yeah, All right. Yeah, you I, didn't directly don't call profit. Me, from please, really. 855 935 talk. So if you have a question about ticket scalping, uh, if you'd. <laughs> or a yes. unique profit opportunity. Right. Or something. something you want to share. Or you have an issue that really is pertinent. You have a. a a uh, an investment you're thinking about making you've got one you just made and maybe we can help you get out if it's not good you may have a messy portfolio and you'd like somebody to just kind of say hey, it's good or mm, eh, needs need some help just call us anytime actually you, you know you, you can call us 24 7 you can but if you call us other than when we're on yeah. the air which is three to five eastern noon to two pacific uh you can leave the message but if you call us during those times when we're live like we are now uh, it's uh, we get a conversation. 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255, because the things we want to talk about really are the things that are important to you. Tom and Don are talking real money. Reality radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. I just discovered that there may have been some phone issues earlier in the show. So if you tried to call, I just noticed a couple of things went to voicemail, which it shouldn't do unless the calls ring out for some sort of a problem. So if you tried calling earlier in this hour, give us a call again at 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. Welcome back to Talking Real Money. I am one of your hosts. I'm Don. That is Tom. This is the show that will help you deal with your dough. And now it's time for us to go and talk with Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Welcome to the program. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. Good, good. Thanks. Um, I have a, I have what I think is going to be an easy question for you. I'm trying to construct a portfolio using uh, Fidelity Index Funds, mm-hmm. and I'm kind of struggling with the international part of it. Uh, they don't have index funds for uh, international small cap and international small cap value. And so I'm wondering what if you guys have any recommendations for the international component. Um, well, well, let me first ask you. Yeah. yeah let go me, ahead. Okay. Why are you stuck on Fidelity's That's what I was index funds? Yep. 
Yeah. So my wife's uh, retirement plan, uh, her 401ks are uh, the, the provider is Fidelity. Mm, okay. And so I go through the, bro- they have like a brokerage link thing where you can, you can buy whatever, whatever you want, but if you want it to be automatic, you can only use Fidelity funds. Oh, got it, got it, got it, yeah. got it, got it. Now, but here's otherwise the cash would have to build up. Yeah, yeah. But but here's something that I think people neglect. Um, do you invest anywhere else? Do you have any other investments outside of her four hundred one k? Yeah, I have a four hundred one k through my employer. And what do you get to um, use? And we also have ours is with Voya. Oh, um, Ooh. And so. That's a whole nother. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Ooh. That's the yep. second hour. Oh. Yeah, call us back next hour for that, do, Ryan. Do, yeah. do you have um, a brokerage account somewhere? Back for that one. We have, uh, we both have um, uh, Roth IRAs as well. Oh, hey. Ah. hey. Yeah, you know where I'm going, right, Tom? <laughs> yes, I do know I'm where to I'm just going to lob that little softball your way. Go ahead, catch it. No, I mean, so here's what <laughs> we would do then. We would own... Uh, total U.S., the total international, and whatever bond component you want to have in that portfolio. In the 401k. Funds. Yeah. In the 401k. Then mm-hmm. outside of that, where in the Roth, you could use any fund, right? There you could get the international small, international small cap value. There's Avantis, some great index Avantis, funds you could buy there. Avantis. Yeah. Exactly. You don't they want funds either. Well, you class. do. It doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter. But but the Avantis, <laughs> they, they tend to be a little... ETF. Pardon? Sorry, sorry, I can use ETFs and, and yeah. whatever in those as yeah. well. I would. Yeah. I'm um, going to get you a ticker. Yeah, I think the, the AVUV. The AVUV. Be, That's not international. Okay. Oh no, not AVUV. I'm sorry. There's an AV international. Yeah, Morningstar. We'll uh, get you a ticker. What was your? What else did you want to know, Ryan? Well, I think the. I'm not sure there's enough money in those Roth. Uh, IRAs to kind of make up that component of it. No, but uh, some. Uh, it's AVDV. That was AVDV. Avantis's Avantis's International Small Cap Value Exchange Traded Fund. AVDV. That's where I would go. Yeah. And 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 that's all right, really. Do you have, yeah. despite the fact that you're with Voya, uh, do you have a small cap option at all with Voya? Small cap international. Yes, there's a. Uh, yeah, it's just not an international. That's right. Oh no, no. But do you have a small international with Voya? No, no, no. There's no small international. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not surprised to hear that. No. That's a hard asset class to buy as an index. Really, it is. Um, the the proprietors that we would trust there would be the aforementioned Avantis, and also Dimensional Funds, which mm-hmm. is very hard to get oftentimes in retirement plans. It's harder to find international small cap value as an asset class, as important as it is when it comes to having an index. You yeah. can buy actively because all kinds of people actively managing that asset class. But that's what I would do. Even if, Duh. Ryan, it didn't didn't make up the percentage you wanted, I would still own it in those Roth IRAs. And then if I had money in the brokerage account, I would still try to make up the difference there as well. I think that's your very best option. Yeah. We concur. And okay. then, you know, over time, build that up in your Roth. But uh, this is probably the, uh, the the best you can do right now. Uh, thanks for your call. We really appreciate it. 855-935-TALK is our phone number. 855-935-8255.
Tom and Don are talking real money. Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money. All right. Welcome back to your little get together with us where we talk about this most important thing, your money. 855-935-TALK is our phone number. 855-935-8255. By far the biggest mutual fund family in America is Vanguard. They're huge. They're ginormous. And I think I I can be uh, I, I I get a little credit for that. I think I've sent them. Oh, I think so. Billions yeah. over my thirty-five year career doing financial talk radio. Billion, tens of billions. I know that. I know I have because they actually used to count how much I sent them, and they said, "Oh, dude, you you're in the billions." And this was in the nineties, uh, but they were great back then. They just didn't. You know, I can't remember under the Bogle control where they really messed up. Yesterday, even on the podcast, we had a woman who called and said, you know, Vanguard's had their problems, but we, you know, they're, re- they're really good to me. And they have been good to most people. I have to give them that. Although the stumbles have really mounted with Vanguard to the point where they even got fined. Right, Tom? Yeah, FINRA ordered Vanguard to pay $800,000 for issuing misleading account statements to money market customers and then failing to respond to them. When they indicated something was wrong. Now, this goes back uh, to 2019, to November 2019 to September 2020. So what is that, 10 months? They estimated the annual yield and annual income for nine money market funds on about eight and a half million account statements. A lot of numbers there. But it's pretty big. That's a lot of statements that they messed up. Vanguard said it was due to a technical issue. Okay. I mean, there wasn't anybody sitting around with a calculator who made a mistake, apparently. But here's the thing. I don't think they do that anymore, Tom. I, okay. I, <laughs> just, I guess I'm the only yeah. guy still doing that. Uh, but here's the thing. People wrote them and said this was wrong. And what did Vanguard say? They tried to bury it. I mean, this is like any mistake you make. When you make a mistake, you need to put your hand up and say, Oop, I did that yep, wrong. Sorry. Let I me fix that. It. Uh, it's, and it was a lot of people. So, I mean, and again, so when FINRA got a hold of it, uh, they, they, the fine was not only issued for misleading the customer statements, but failing to follow up on customer warnings that something was wrong. That's when I struggle because as an organization, everybody makes mistakes, right? I mean, this is a big mistake, right? That's a lot of people. Yeah, it's a lot, a lot of, of money. people. I mean, it's, and, it's yeah, it's little tiny amounts, but it, in aggregate, right. it, no, it yeah. adds up. <laughs> It does add up, and the f- point of the matter is then you say, we got it wrong, we're fixing it, et cetera, instead of trying to bury it. Um, and so that, that it's, it's, it's a black mark. It's not huge. It doesn't mean I'd go pull all my money. It doesn't mean I wouldn't nope. use them. But, nope. It's, nope. but it does suggests, point to a corporate yeah. culture that has that has slackened, I think is the best term. They're not as taut as they used to be. They're not on top of everything. And they're big, but they've gotten so big, too. They've gotten, and especially the last, people forget the last 10 to 15 years, most of their huge growth has happened. It has been a mat. In other words, I think that was in the Eric Barcelona's book about how much of the growth at Vanguard has come in the last 15 years. An astounding amount. I don't think they've kept up with it because we know that from a customer service standpoint. And they also they they initiated the you know the Vanguard advisor program where for point three percent a year you get an advisor. The reviews of that have not been very good. 
Yeah, you're, you're uh, right. They, they started some things it's... they shouldn't. And in fact, they even yeah, got into I some think, alternative yeah. investing. Yeah, stuff like that. They tried yeah. to get outside of their comfort zone. They moved out of their they, – they should. and this is a problem. This, there actually is a lesson here for a lot of firms. Do what you do well. Keep doing it. And don't try to change just for the sake of change. If it isn't something that is uh, doing something better, you don't just do something because your customer says, oh, I want this too. No. If it's not better, if it's not something you you can comfortably do at your, at your highest, highest quality level, then don't do it. Yeah, but Vanguard's always had this conflict, right? Because they're known for index funds, but at the same time, they still have actively managed mutual funds where people are picking stocks, and they're cheaper than other actively. I'll give them that. But they're known for index funds. They should stick with index funds. You correctly point out that they decided a couple of years ago to get into like a fund that's where they're going to offer like private equity stuff. I mean, all this because their customers are demanding it. No, he would be. He would be no. very, very, very down on that. But uh, I really think if it, Vanguard would be would be smart to to have a to get rid of all the active and all the fancy and go to just indexing, sell off the other stuff. Eight five five nine three five talk. That's our phone number. And George, thanks for calling. Welcome to Talking Real Money. Hi, Don and Tom. Uh, my question is, I'm calling for a friend of mine who has an annuity. It's a fixed annuity at TIA. It's, she's had it for about 20 years, and it pays real good, or at least overall through the years it's been paying 3%. But if she needs any money, it's, it's trying to get, like pulling teeth trying to get money. You've got to fill out a form, send it in the mail, and wait and wait and wait. Do you have any uh, suggestions of where she might move this to? Oh, wow, that's a good question. Well, the problem like a, is like a she, transfer. It's yeah, the same she, thing you're going to face. Yeah, she, she's going to because they're better annuities. But I don't know that you can fix this aspect of the sort of latency between when you need the money and when you get it. They all because all, they're not all annuities tend way. to have that yeah. problem. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't I know see. where that would be better. Yeah, no, I mean that's kind of a it's a great question because it's again, part of the beast. Yeah, if your money's in a brokerage account, you can make a trade. You can get the money within two or three days. In an annuity, I've heard right, sometimes somebody told to me once. Yeah, right. Somebody told me once it took a month for them to get money from their annuity. I thought, good lord, that's well. They don't. Know. I mean, if you have a insurance plan, okay, companies but. love taking your money. They do not like giving it back. <laughs> oh, you want to return? It oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's why they have those big honking surrender charges. Uh, and that's going to be the problem is that if you do a 1035 exchange into another annuity, you're gonna, you may yeah. end up with a little bit better rate, but you're going to end up with a longer period over which you can't take out more than 10% per year without suffering a huge surrender charge. I would, this well, is a case, how much money's in this annuity? About 48,000. It's a fixed annuity. It's, yeah, it's, no, it's a fixed you know, annuity. I get that. I get that. Um, and so she's taking money out of that 48,000 to live on? No, she just needs it once in a while. If you know, like if she needs a new roof or something like that. Uh, the original, um, amount was 27,000. So every, so there's about 20,000 of that that's taxable. Right. Exactly. So before anything else. Yeah. That, that, that's, uh, that's a reason not to move it unless she's in a very low bracket. If she's in a low bracket, then you could you could take it because eventually those taxes have to be paid. Yep. 
So right. if, if she's in a low bracket, you could uh, <laughs> get a little more out than she normally takes out and then put that in some sort of a, a short-term CD or a high-yield savings account for those emergency needs down the road. So take, you know, if she normally, it's like, I have to take 5000 yeah. out to fix the, the air conditioner. It, take 10, take 12, and put that in some sort of a savings right. account for those future emergencies so she doesn't get stuck waiting when something really bad happens. That's the only thing I can really think of. And eventually, with taxes, they eventually have to be paid anyway. So you bite the bullet now or you bite it later. 855-935-TALK. Call. Tom and Don are talking real money. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. Now, we encourage you to call us here on the show because we like to talk with you. Have a one-on-one on a thousand or 40,000 conversation. Um, But we can only do a few minutes because it's a radio show slash podcast. However, we really, truly, 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 really want to help everybody. And Tom is a big fan of having conversations with you about your portfolio, about your financial future. And so he takes... What, about three calls, maybe, on a Every Saturday? Every Saturday morning, yep. Mm-hmm. Every Love Saturday them. morning. And yep. I misspoke on the podcast the other day. I said until 10, it's not. Oh, oh we're out of time. We're, go to TalkingRealMoney.com. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for informational, educational, and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time. So please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future. So past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Appella Capital, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. As you keep the lawyers happy.